0: Although the the idea of you giggling is a strange one, I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of you as a giggler. It's more that it's more that sort of drunken, it's more that drunken laugh into your sort of into your chest is more what I would associate with you. But. Well, there's no there's no um, there's no liquid refreshment
1: tonight, as I mentioned. I'm, I'm under the weather, so I'm just drinking some uh, some warm, oh, of course, warm yeah. water and
0: lemon. Yeah, but all right, okay. Well, let's get cracking then. Yep. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo Jazz Joints. This is episode 48. We're creeping towards the half century mark, uh, and James. Uh, I hope you're well today. I know you've been off on a little holiday, haven't you?
1: Yeah, creeping uh, towards the half-century mark in more ways than one, aren't we? <laughs> That's just <laughs> what I was thinking. It's a good point, actually. People who is, this, don't know is this podcast our, uh, a metaphor?
0: For, for our... people
1: who don't know our ages, yeah, we're uh, we're, we're, we're close, not quite there. Um, I'm good. I'm good, Philip. Yeah, not... I, uh, I'm back from um, a long-delayed trip to the motherland of the United States, uh, which we can get into on a Another maybe a, an extended outtakes edition of the podcast, but uh, yes, I did come back a little bit under the weather, but I'm here to soldier on as always in the name of jazz, Kisa Ten love, and um, and we certainly have a lot to get to today. Um, I believe we left off last time though with um, yet again me trying to make you jealous of various places that uh, I visited while you were locked out the country.
0: That's are we starting with that or are we starting with well, uh, some of your,
1: some of your recent yeah. Irish
0: news as well? I mean, in actual fact, this was almost nearly episode 47, actually, because all those wonderful stories that I enjoyed so much last week. uh, We had a bit of an issue with the sound files, but between Brian and I and a frantic WhatsApp chat, we managed to rescue them and recover. Otherwise, it would have just been you talking to yourself, which I'm sure probably you would have listened to, but (laughs) I don't know how much... I don't know how popular that would have been, otherwise. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, news. I've not got as much exciting news as you. I know that you managed even, even in the motherland, as you call it, uh, the motherland. You discovered a jazz joint there, right?
1: Oh my goodness,
0: yeah. By, this, this purely was, by choice jo- by accident. Uh, well, very
1: much by accident because I was not in uh, my old hometown in New York City. I was in, um, I was in rural Northern Virginia for for a wedding. And um, taking a walk through the town of Winchester, which uh, doesn't have a lot going for it beyond um, Civil War memorabilia. And I I will definitely leave it at that. Uh, But I came across a very old uh, hotel. And, you know, I've got the jazz radar after all these years. I could see from a distance the sign hanging out from one of the first floor windows. And it said, Half Note. And, um, I mean, that could only mean one thing. <laughs> you know, you see something called a half note, you know it's going to be a jazz bar. Uh, so I popped in. Unfortunately, they only have live music on the weekends, and this was too early in the day to, to really get in for a drink. Um, it, was, it wasn't really open yet, but um, there was a whole bunch of pictures up, and they've got a corner with a piano and a, and, and a drum set. And, I mean, it was kind of, kind of shocking, Philip, because, I mean, the town of Winchester in northwest Virginia, maybe 10,000 people, tops and yet they've got this really kicking looking jazz bar so um, I took it as a sign from the gods that I was in the right place because uh, you know wherever I go I happen to run into these kinds of joints so next time I'm back for a family gathering I will I will get the full scoop for you
0: well I've always said you're a you're a magnetic personality so you know you do attract these things don't you <laughs> um in Ireland um, I no, no such excitement for me really looking out the window there it's um it looks a bit like a Christmas film here. It's unseasonably cold. People don't know what to do with themselves because the temperatures drop below zero. My car looks like uh, it hasn't been moved for quite a long time. It's covered in a thick layer of frost. Um, but um, a lot of people braved the the conditions on Wednesday night there. We had the final listening event at Rattlebag. Um a, a, on Wednesday night and uh, yeah, another Full House played some nice tunes I um, think you would have appreciated some of them did play a couple of McCoy Tyner tunes just in your honour, gave you a shout out of course, one of the ones you suggested oh, fantastic. and then also Search for search for Peace from the Real McCoy album so again, a lot of love uh, for the project um, I also uh, mentioned that we had um, some news coming as well which hopefully we'll get to In this episode, too. Other than that, um, I popped down to Sound Advice Records yesterday to pick up the new copy of We Jazz magazine, which is out. It's a tribute to Black Jazz, the Black Jazz record label, Um, uh, iconic label from the early 70s in America, of course. And um, I'm happy to say there's a little short story in there. Um, about some of our based on some of our trips and travels particularly up in the north uh, and a few more photos from the project and that's the last of the four photo essays in we there has been one in each quarter this year which has been a fantastic privilege for me to be involved with such a great project and it's so amazing to see like every so often on Instagram we jazz magazines popping up and um you can, uh, you know, see it's it's being shipped all over the world. Like so, it, it, every every other country it seems to appear in. People are posting about it on Instagram. So fantastic! If you haven't checked out that We Jazz magazine get on to we jazz helsinki um, on instagram and um, you can order all their stuff from from their website or from the bandcamp site so well, certainly yeah we're worth, making worth, some worth checking out. Uh,
1: making our way through scandinavia we've got uh, we've got uh, there we've got finland i think we've got a, not hit denmark yet for some pr but it's on the list so um yeah, I'm not sweet. sure. I'm
0: not sure the fin, I'm not sure the Finns like to be called Scandinavians, though. So I don't want to get into that whole political minefield. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think they don't. It's not officially part of Scandinavia, so we might have to edit that bit out, just really? in
1: case. Oh, I always thought uh, geographically is uh, geographically yeah. is at least, but um, okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, not up to date on my it, I mean, northern I'm... northern European uh, geopolitics. I apologize, but so um, there's
0: American we're... geography skills coming <laughs> into <the> play. <plugins. laughs> in any case, our,
1: our 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 project is being spread around more and more. That's that's the most important point.
0: That'll <laughs> do. That'll do. So here, listen. Talking about snow, then. Um, you got some stories of the of the the snowy north. Oh uh, yes, places yes. that you've also visited without me, haven't you?
1: Well, yes, yes. Yet yet again, talking about um, you know, as as we mentioned on a previous episode, uh, my adventure of trying to recoup the uh, change the tickets that I'd booked for your border journey did not work, and so I decided to head up north to the great island of Hokkaido, and. Um, You know, it's funny because we had been to Sapporo together when you were here five years ago, almost five years ago, but we did it in about, I think, 36 hours. Uh, you know, uh, on a very long drunken Something night, like that, yeah. you might might remember my my head being passed out on the counter of Jericho at about one in the morning. Um, as yep. the owners was as well, if you remember, you got a great picture of him sleeping. Uh, he was but, having
0: a little nap, yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, this time, I you know, I had I had a, a much more leisurely uh, three days, and uh, of course, you know, started out at our old friends uh, at Jamaica, um, and at Philip. I think I did tell you this offline. Um, you know, Jamaica, of course, is home. Home to one of the great, maybe one of the largest record collections we've seen in any in any bar in Japan. Fifteen thousand yeah. records. Um, now the master, of course, had passed away about ten years ago. Now it's run in the daytime by his wife, and at night by the daughter. The daughter, She gave us a little bit of a frosty reception when we visited the first time. But I was very pleased that uh, she remembered us uh, on the second visit. Once I gave her my card, she said, oh, yeah, you came here to take pictures, right? right? Yeah. We've run into that quite a few times, haven't we? Remember uh, we were talking last week with the groovy guy as well. Um, but it was great yeah, to yeah, pop yeah. in there. And, um, you know, I was asking her a little bit more about the, you know, one of your previous uh, research topics, but women in the Jazz Kisaten world. And, you know, she mentioned that, you know, having grown up in the place, she's never really had a lot of problems, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. But, you know, also, you remember, Philip, how all the buildings in downtown Sapporo are so different to Tokyo. Tokyo, everything, you know, a lot of the jazz joints, you know, are very visible from the first floor. Um, But in Sapporo, you have these giant buildings with you know, 50, 60 bars. Full in each
0: of, place, yeah, right? yeah.
1: So they don't really lend themselves to people just popping in randomly for a drink. Like you have to know where you're going mm. and what you're looking for. Mm. And, um, I, I, think that that plays a part into it. Like, you know, she said in, in Jamaica, for example, you really don't get, um, if you get first timers, there's somebody who's been brought to the bar by a regular. So you don't get a lot of right. random pop-ins. And, um, So anyway that that ties in because, you know, one of the great places I found that that was new to us was Bar eighty one. And you know, when I say sixty or seventy bars, Philip, I mean sixty or seventy. If you any of the listeners out there follow me on Instagram, you'll remember I have a picture from the lobby of this building where I was looking for bar 81, and I just couldn't find it because on each floor there were eight or nine bars, all of which are roughly the same size, many of which have similar names, but when you look around and you go up there, you realize that, okay, that one's a jazz bar, this one's a snack bar, that's sort of a a regular bar where people sing karaoke. Um, There were various um, other record bars that were non-jazz related, and it was, it it took Maybe about forty-five minutes in the same building just to find Bar Eighty-One because there were various wings, there were different elevators. It was like being in some sort of government tax office, except instead of looking for a counter, you're without for a bar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but the payoff is a lot better. Um, but anyway, I found Bar Eighty-One, I, and I got there just in time. It was good. I gave myself some some time to wander around because um, you know I got there right when he opened, and sure enough, I walk in. And man, the sound was just pristine. And it was just one of these tiny eight seat places, dark, really wonderful owner. And I, I walk in and he's immediately, he just says to me, he's like, how did you find me? And I was like, okay, they could take that in different meanings—being lost in the building, or how did you hear about Bar Eighty-One? Um, but anyway, we it's had like a you really find great me, chat. You find me, yeah. Well, you know, he was saying that you know they don't really get a lot of foreigners in, the, in these types of buildings because you know these are just very local type places. But um, yeah, 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 you know, I explained to him about the project and the usual sort of, sort of uh, spiel, and uh, we had a really good chat about the history of jazz um, in in the Hokkaido region you know obviously he's been in the business for a long time he took over the bar from the previous owner and he was telling me some of the similar stories philip where was the place with the guy who uh did all the promoting of sort of like the free jazz like the art ensemble chicago and was was that ray brown master or was that mokuba in
0: guma our friend uh, at mokuba uh was it wasn't was it not um I don't know. It was. It wasn't the jazz. Um, wasn't jazz in Okura. It wasn't that one, was it? No. No. Well, that guy, that's down in Kyushu. I was Kumamoto. thinking somebody,
1: I, Yeah, I was thinking it was somebody in northern Japan. Wasn't I think Mokabai, it was. No, cause, well, Then it must have been Ray Brown. Then because definitely he showed us pictures of uh, him, sort of like involved in the
0: promotion of the events. You know. Oh, unless it was Mokaba, we didn't go there together, right? So, no, no, we no, went- I mean, I remember going there my own that time. So, yeah, because we it was off the back of Tachibana, you know? Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, you know, in any case, I mean, it's that's a story we've heard from several people because the Ray Brown guy in Iwate, um, the guy at Suga in Amori that I went to last year, uh, I remember he did promoting. Well, this guy at Bar 81 was telling me he didn't do promoting, but when he was younger, he used to go to a lot of the events that one of the older bar owners used to put on. So it, it just sort of reinforced to me, like, how many times we've seen the connection between people owning a jazz kisatan or bar, but also being involved in bringing over majorly famous jazz acts to Japan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I, I, I don't really know how that sort of nexus started, but it's definitely an only in Japan thing because, you know, I know, like, for example, in the States... Promotion is like a is part of the business model. Whereas in Japan, it seems to be like, oh, okay, I dig jazz and I run this jazz cafe, so let me go to the local city office and see if I can get a budget to bring over the Art Ensemble of Chicago. You know, and that seems to be something repeated not just in um, in the big cities like you know in Tokyo or Osaka, but we saw it in Kyushu, we saw it in northern Honshu, and now this time again in Sapporo. I was hearing stories about this, and I think we,
0: there was also that um, I think in in. Was it Lush Life? I think the guy was talking as well about bringing. I think it was Ab, Abdul Ibrahim. I think. Or yes, that's Randy, right. They set a, some gig in the temple, like they played in the uh, shrine. That's at the Shinto door, shrine in so, Kyoto. Kyoto. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, they were doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Randy yeah. Weston came over with that as well. Yeah, so that seems to be something
0: that is think, just really uniquely in Japan. I think what's amazing about it is too is that like you know, if you think about. I mean, the thing about the admin involved now just doing that and probably now in Japan as well. Like, I mean, I think a lot of that promotion is it's bigger companies and, you know, corporations and it's all, Mm. you know, quite, quite corporate. But what, what I find amazing, maybe this is why it was so successful or, or so much more feasible back then. But like just the fact that like you could pin down a musician and obviously you're making a long distance, very expensive phone call from Japan and trying to organise all this essentially by letter and by phone. And, I mean, maybe in some ways that made it easier because you had to be more effective and more clinical in the, in the communication and get things sorted quicker. You know, you couldn't have all this back and forward by email. But, like, it just seems amazing, like, with the, the telecommunications then... How you were able to bring like musicians over for gigs and organize tours for these people. And everything would have been slower though because,
1: with also the distance, uh, the time that it would take to just get here, um, you know, you're not going to fly in and then get around the country country now for for just two or three nights at the Blue Note. Like, so, you know, people were doing tours of Japan for a month. You know, seeing so much yeah, of, the, yeah, of yeah. the Highlands, so um, yeah, it was great having that that chat with him. Um, and then, you know, again, you know, speaking of sort of like patterns that we've seen develop over the course of our of our project, um, I went to a place on the outskirts of Sapporo um, to a little neighborhood called Tainé and uh, a, a beautiful little cafe called Wise One. Um, Philip, you are also a culture. nice name big fan so I know you know that that's from the album Crescent by Coltrane and um, again another in our series of Older Japanese man retires from his salaryman job and opens a cafe on the first floor of his house. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) volume seven or eight of that series. Um, And uh, not only does he, does he have an entire wall of records, several thousand easily. Again, you can see that if you follow me on my own Instagram page, I put a picture of that up last month. Um, But he, and this was a Saturday afternoon. He is there in full crisp white shirt and bow tie making up coffee. I mean, just nice. a complete gentleman. Now, unfortunately, I could not get the whole story of, uh, of how and when he opened. I know he'd opened 10 years ago uh, because even though it was a small place, it was packed. I mean, there was like seven people sitting in there all waiting for coffee or tea. Um, um, wow. pr- pretty much all regulars from the little bit I did get to chat with him because it is so far out in the outskirts. And, you know, in Hokkaido, you really need a car. So you're not going to be taking a bus or train out there. Um, but again, just another only in Japan place. Um, and, and, you know, very clearly you can see from, from the outside that, you know, he and his family live on the top two floors. And he just converted the first floor into this tiny place. But, yeah, Wise One was, was a real surprise, too, because that was a late addition. I don't think either of us had had that on our list, um, even though we, we
0: went five years no, ago. I don't remember open. it at all. Yeah, yeah. So um,
1: I that was a highlight, and the, the, the last big highlight was actually outside Sapporo. Um, some of our listeners I know have been to this joint. It's uh, a place in the town of Otaru, which is the port town on the northwest of Sapporo, where everything that was made used to be shipped and, and sent out. Um, it's not really a big functioning port anymore, uh, but uh, it's one of those northern Japanese towns. that's full of, like, really western style brick buildings and wooden houses the kind you don't see in tokyo at all and everything's mm. very spread out um you get a real feel of why many japanese people often say like oh you know hokkaido looks like america they don't mean just the landscape you know being very wide open they actually mean the architecture as well it really does feel different. yeah and um and this joint freelance i mean this is this looked like a, one of these kind of old, rustic cabins you would find in New England. As soon as you walk in, there is a wooden uh, a, a wood stove right in the entry. And again, Hokkaido, really cold in the winter. So he already had this, this burning stove working. Um, this was only in, you know, beginning of November. And two things really stood out about the place. Philip, you're a big DIY guy, aren't you? Don't you do a lot of like, you know, repairs around your house? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm never done. Toolbox is never put away. Just right, 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 out, right. Before before yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Before
1: you gel you the hair so well. when you go out to look dandy, I know that you get the overalls. Huh? Um, but it, it, we've not been in a jazz joint yet that had literal <sighs> tools hanging all around this place. I mean, like... like Handy. Including... Axes and other dangerous-looking
0: things that I certainly would not touch. Um, I so, feel like any other country that would be a really risky thing to have in a bar, but it feels like in Japan it's okay for some reason. I don't know why, but like I can imagine <laughs> if you had axes hanging up in a bar here, it would not end well.
1: Well, you've got the, so you've got the wood-burning stove, you've got the the, the 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 tools, but then you also have posters for the upcoming uh, short film festival of Sapporo twenty twenty three. And uh, Daido Moriyama, a very famous Japanese photographer, he's got a huge poster um, of Moriyama-san. And on the second floor of this kind of cabin, it's, it's sort of a gallery space for, for photography, for people doing small music Ooh. events or spoken events. So the owner is obviously very involved in the artistic community of, of, uh, of Hokkaido. It was really, really interesting. On, yet again, unfortunately, conversation didn't happen because he is very hard of hearing. Could really only take an order for coffee when he was looking right at you (laughs) and me speaking very loud. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, It was was a bit unfortunate. We couldn't, you know, really chit chat together, but um, it was a really fascinating place. I've never been in in a kind of like rustic cabin type of jazz joint before, and certainly not one that combined like a very rural feel, but with also, sorry, but with also this kind of, you know, urban city type of artistic gathering place. Um, so anybody that heads up to Sapporo, take the train out to Otaru. It's definitely worth a walk around and freelance. Philip, when you get back for your next visit, I'm definitely sending you there because you would love it.
0: Yeah, I think like we we talked about possibly going there before, but I mean, to me, that's really interesting to hear that because, you know, it, it it it's a throwback really to that idea that, you know, a lot of jazz keys, particularly in the 60s, became very much Cult, cultural and and countercultural spaces right you know they were hubs for artists and writers and thinkers and jazz was kind of the soundtrack to that and I think that's fascinating to hear that I mean that's definitely going to be on the list when I get back next year so uh, we'll be making that trip or or at least I'll be making that trip up there to go check that place out so yeah fascinating but listen James um, I think it's time maybe to get to, to the, I know how you love a breaking news and this is not breaking news for you or me, but it's, it's certainly breaking news for the listeners. And we've been teasing at this a bit the last, um, the last couple of weeks at least, and certainly we've re- referred to it in our previous uh, episode there in episode get 47. get that drum
1: roll, uh, get that drum roll edit in. <laughs>
0: I'll have to get Brian to edit in a drum roll, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to believe that we're actually, it's hard to believe that we're, Finally doing this episode. Um, And you last week referenced, um, you know, the question that we've probably been asked most by uh, people in the project. Now, if it was the jazz joint owners, it's probably, have you been to Basie? But if it's anyone who's familiar with the project, like people who have been listening or people who have contacted us online, or indeed people I've met in person that have come to exhibitions and things like that, it's always, always, are you going to do a book And I'm very, very excited and nervous and happy and thrilled to be able to say that we are officially putting out a Tokyo Jazz Joints photo book, which is going to be published in spring 23. So not that long to wait. Late spring 23. That's next year. It sounds. It sounds
1: very, very near, considering we're mid-December. Wow,
0: it feels (laughs) very near. But yeah, it's coming out, James, and you and I have been back and forth a lot over the last uh, month or so, in particular. And um, I just want to share, I suppose, with the listeners in particular, like how this has come about. So this is something that we didn't start the project. Uh, with an intention to do. As you know, like I kind of pitched it to you. We went to a couple of places, then it became 20, then it became 50, then it became 100. And at no point really was it like, let's do a book. But obviously as the project has evolved and continued and more and more people have seen the, the photographs, it's something that we've been thinking about doing. But as always, of course, you know, the cost is is one of the big barriers mm. to, to a book. And I think for me as well, particularly from the photography side of things, I really wanted to make sure that we did it properly. You know, there are lots of ways to to put things out there and get things done. Mm. But I really wanted to make sure that we did it properly to do the photographs and to do the project itself justice well, and to make sure that, that people have yeah,
1: For sure, because, you know, like you said, we didn't go in with the goal of it, but over time um, you did various exhibitions We got a lot of good PR coverage in various magazines and blogs and whatnot. And uh, I think that, um, you know, maybe in in, in that sense, COVID – it was, was a small blessing for our project because even though we had to stop going to places together, we started the podcast and we started really thinking about, you know, okay, if we are going to do a book, um, like you said, we want to do it right. We want to do it correctly. We don't want it to be a half measure and we want to wait for the right opportunity. And lo and behold, uh, the right opportunity came maybe a little faster than we expected, to be honest, uh, based on a –
0: well. <laughs> Yes and no. I mean I think I've I've got mixed feelings about that. But I mean here here's basically how the story went, you know. Um I in back in March I thought, you know what? If you don't ask, you don't get. So I, I put together a, a PDF and, and it was a explainer about the project, some images, a few stats about the podcast and so on. And I actually sent it out. I looked around at different publishers and tried to find like Um, you know, publishers that I thought would fit and and the book would sit well in their catalogue. And I sent out about 20 20 of these PDFs uh, initially, and I had a list of another 20 or so um, as backups. And um, I heard back quite quickly from one or two, some small publishers, some bigger publishers, uh, and... um, you know, this is is sort of the way I'm reliably informed, you know, that with any of these things, particularly with bigger publishing companies, it goes in what's known as the slush pile. So you've got this pile of of proposals and submissions sitting in a tray and somebody in the company eventually gets to them. Um and I I sort of put it put it out there, heard back from a few, um, you know, a couple acknowledgements and then had sort of forgotten about it, summer took over. Uh, Other things got in the way. And then just out of the blue, I was on holiday in September. Surprise, surprise. And um, this email dropped in the inbox from uh, a German publisher. And the publisher is is Kherer Verlag. That's K-E-H-R-E-R Verlag, V-E-R-L-A-G. And they're a very, very highly rated, renowned German photo book publisher. And it was from the owner, Klaus. And he simply was saying, you know, like, I've just come across your proposal. Looks like a really interesting project. Do you want to have a chat? Um, you know, you maybe already have uh, have found someone else. And I was like, well, no, I think let's have a chat. So um, got in touch with him. And, you know, we had a very positive initial meeting. And it seemed like he was quite keen to to publish the book. And so subsequent meetings were had, we discussed more and more around the, the book and the concept. Um, and I'm delighted to say that um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I signed that contract. And so The book is coming out. It's going to be a print run of uh, 1,500 copies initially um, and hopefully more. Uh, uh, It's going to be 168 pages, nice hardback cover, uh, which you'll be able to see uh, in in very good time, uh, and also about 120 or so colour images from the project. And then, of course, there'll be a little bit of text from yourself and I, James, and a few acknowledgements and so on, some captions on the photos, and it's going to be... A thing of beauty and it's also going to be the culmination of a lot of work James, a lot of money that we've spent, a lot of time that we've spent together in each other's (laughs) company, a lot of time we've spent online uh, chatting shit on the podcast and uh, yeah I mean it's hard to believe isn't it? I mean, completely. When you think about, you know, when
1: we started, like you said, and we just went to, you know, that first time going to Pithecanthropus, and, um, and now we've reached over, you know, 160 places visited, and that all of these places were able to take images from to put into the book. And, you know, you you forgot to mention, this is the first hardcover, proper coffee table photo book to introduce the jazz kisaten world you know there's been a lot of other you know sort of you know magazine type special you know edition uh, you know photo collections but but this coming from our publishers in germany um you know this is a really really uh you know big step for us and the fact that we were able to 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 get to this point after all these years and you know quite a lot of as you mentioned a lot of money spent a lot of time spent uh, a lot of beers drunk now philip though there are a few things that we do need to share with our listeners about the project and i think it's Absolutely, best if yeah. we i think it's best if we do this um almost uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit repeating the exact conversation that you and i had um, now some of our listeners may know i know it's hard to believe but I'm not always up to date on certain online trends and, you know, new technologies and things like that. It takes me a little bit more time than, you know, others to get a grasp of it. So no one will dispute me, that. No
0: one will dispute that.
1: Uh, it's controversial. Um, but um, there are a few important points that we need to share about this project and that involves um, basically uh, getting our listeners kind support. So I think it would be good if you introduced exactly how that's going to work over the next 30 days.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So I'm not sure anyone wants that curtain pulled back by the way to watch <laughs> us, you and I you and I talking <laughs> in a cupboard talking to each other. But anyway, um, regarding the project, yeah, so Absolutely, I mean, I think you know a lot. Like you say, we've we've put a lot of time and on our, our own money into this project, so it's time to ask for for support from from the audience of the project, uh, wherever you are in the world. And, and this is the purpose of of the second part of this podcast for sure, because the the book is going to be a co funded model, and this has become increasingly common now in the you know photo book world. lag is a is a is a fantastic publisher, and I knew straight away it was the right fit for the project. They're very. Um, very keen on on the project itself the images and it's it really feels like a collaboration but uh, you know timing's never always been my strong point James so you know we've chosen the probably the most expensive time (laughs) possibly in history to to publish a book but um, it is a co-funded model and a lot of photographers are working this way now we get the Fantastic support of Caravalag. We've got their design team working on it. Um, also they're going to be doing, of course, a lot of publicity for us, selling into to bookshops and other places like that. But in order to make this book a reality, we need to 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 match some funding in order to to make it happen. And so, with that in mind, what we've done is is, is start a Kickstarter project. With that in mind, what we've done is we've created a Kickstarter project, and that's going to go live. Well, it's live now if you're listening to this podcast, but it's going to go live on Sunday morning. Uh, That's Sunday the 18th of December, and it's going to be live for 35 days, just to give you a few extra days in case, you know, you're a bit inebriated over Christmas or you're busy talking to family that you don't really like and you have to spend one day with them a year. Um, And um, it's going to be live for that uh, amount of time. And obviously with Kickstarter, if you're not familiar with this, and I know this is something you really struggled with, James, (laughs) among many others. <laughs> was obviously with kickstarter it's all or nothing so we have a goal uh, we've got to match that goal um and we're really hopeful that we can get there in the 35 days um if we don't get to that goal unfortunately then we don't get any support at all financially uh, and we're back to square one so we're really hoping that everyone uh, that listens to the podcast people that contact us online anyone that's familiar with the project friends families people in the street Uh, random strangers will uh, jump in and support the project and get us over that goal so that we can make this book a reality. Now, James, when I told you about this Kickstarter, it was very evident straight away. You had more or less no idea what I was talking about. So, Ask me any questions you want and um, put put yourself in the shoes (laughs) of a listener who's not familiar.
1: I was familiar with Kickstarter, but having never really used it, um, one of the things that was, um, yeah, it was a a big question for me. Now, you've you've explained that, you know, there's a goal uh, in mind and there's a, there's a time frame. Um, but I think that one of the things that was confusing is that it's not just an open sort of call for, you know, a donation or support. Um, you can give certain tiered amounts that are recommended, and then you'll receive some sort of, uh, you know, present up to and including a copy of the book. So I think it would be a good idea if you explained exactly how that system works, because I do know for certain people of, our advanced ages, um, you know, kickstarting and crowdfunding, these are kind of new things that many people haven't had have much experience with.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. And I'll I'll be honest, when I I was building this project, I was definitely learning a little bit myself. I got a a little bit of help from a couple of contacts, which was a fantastic uh, boost. Um, And um, we've also got a a, a fancy little badge on the Kickstarter, which is a Projects We Love badge, which hopefully means that it will float up to the top and a lot more eyes will be on it. But essentially, you know, when you go to the Kickstarter page, and we'll share those details um, at the end, you know, uh, you are buying a book. It's as simple as that. So we're not looking for money so that we can uh, create a book. The book is in the print catalog. It's gone out to all uh, Care Verlag's distribution around the world. Um, the book will be coming out late spring, 23. Obviously, we can't say exactly when because it depends on when the proofs are ready and so on and so forth, but certainly be out before the summer. Um, and when you go to the Kickstarter page, basically, if you make a pledge, Uh, you will uh, get something for that. So, um, But the the basic reward will be the book, right? So you're going to get a copy of that book um, and um, you can then uh, go up different tiers. So the idea is you you buy the book if that's what you want. And of course that ships anywhere in the world. There's a certain number of those available. And then as you go up through the tiers, you can donate a bit more. Now we know it's a tough time for people. We know obviously that um, everyone's pinching pennies uh, a little bit. But what we're really hoping is that, you know, some people will maybe find a little bit of extra cash to help donate and support the project. Uh, and for that little bit of extra cash, you can get different kinds of um, rewards. So um, I'm just looking at the preview now. And obviously, well, if this, you go this up is the book- exciting
1: part. Yes, I, I, was, uh, well, I was quite, I quite mean- thrilled to see your uh, descriptions of this. So let's, uh, let's dive into that.
0: So as you go up through the pledges, you know, you can get the photo book, then if you want, you can get it stamped. We have this beautiful Tokyo Jazz Joints Hanko um, and you get a signed copy. uh, And it's also numbered as well. If you go higher up in the pledges, um, which means, you know, that it has that number on it. So you can be guaranteed that it's the first edition and it's the first print run. Um, And then as you go higher up. Um, Thanks to Inspirational Arts, which is the the last word in fine art photo printing in Ireland, they're going to do some um, prints as well that are going to accompany the book. So if you want a print of of an image from the project, which will also be limited edition and numbered, uh, that'll come with the book. And then when you get into the higher numbers... Uh, You can get your name printed in in the book as well. So uh, we are really conscious of how much people have supported this project. We're conscious of all the love and encouragement that we get from around the world. Uh, And one way to acknowledge that would be to have your name, uh, for us to get your name in that book. So obviously that'll go out in that first edition. It'll be shipped around the world uh, and your name will be there as a thank you and an acknowledgement. Um, And uh, then James... I mean, probably this is if I was if I didn't know this project and I didn't know you, this is probably the one I'd be going for. So when you get up into the top end of the pledges, uh, you get the true Tokyo Jazz joints experience. So not only do you get the book, uh, get your name printed in the book. It's a signed uh, numbered photo print that comes with it. But also, James, I mean, hold on to your seats here. If and when you're ever in Tokyo, whether that's because you live in Japan and you fancied taking a trip up in a Shinkansen or whether you're visiting Tokyo from overseas, this tier or this reward includes a tour with the one and only James Catchpole of three of our favorite Tokyo jazz joints. And you're going to take those people around, James. You're going to open up that world for them. You're going to show them. Uh, All the places that we've been to, to photograph and the places that we talk about on the podcast. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? I mean, mean, I've had it, but who wouldn't want it?
1: With that as a a present, I would assume that we'll reach our target within a couple of days. I mean, you know, who could resist? Possibly less. Possibly less. and you know, and not not even just all the great jazz joints. You'll you'll get uh, to experience all the all the extra bonuses: um, fast walking, uh, beautiful blue shoulder <laughs> bag. Yeah, um, repeated, repeated bathroom visits in the jazz bars after a couple beers. Um, and, you know, maybe even if you're lucky, a little bit of baseball chat. So, I mean, there's just so much to, to sell it on. Um, but no, Philip, seriously, I think that, uh, you know, this is, this is something that we should really, um, you know, s- uh, emphasize again and again. We're so happy for all the support that we've received up to now. And, you know, coming now to, to ask for just a little bit more and and to really, you know, I think one of the differences and you hinted at it is that many of these types of projects after you told me about uh, Kickstarter and, you know, I looked into it a little bit, um, you know, a lot of people do uh, projects or, or, or they do Kickstarter uh, fundraising for projects that they're about to start. And the difference here is that we've already completed ours, or at least phase one. We've been doing this for how many years now? Eight years? That's seven. So, you know, seven. seven it's coming seven up to eight, yeah. Coming up to eight. So, you know, we've already put in so much effort and so much time and and, and love and passion into the project that, you know, there's, there's really um, – you know, there's an end point really, really close. I think some people that I've talked to about, you know, Kickstarter and and these types of fundraising projects, and and they express a little bit of caution because they don't know for sure. Well, you know, is it really going to happen? Well, ours already has happened. The book is coming, as you mentioned. It's definitely coming in 2023. We just need that little bit of extra support to help us, you know, cover some of the costs of it. And so, uh, you know, I think if you are listening to this podcast, you're already here at episode number 48, Uh, so you're already invested in us Um, we'll just ask you to take that tiny little step further and uh, get over to the kickstarter page and you know pick which tier you like and of course get on over to japan because there's so many joints waiting for you
0: absolutely yeah and i think also you know it probably it's probably worth mentioning that you know if if times are tough and if you, if you haven't got enough you don't want to buy a book at this stage you know you can pledge a smaller amount uh, there's a minimum pledge there as well which gets you a few postcards of images from the project uh, and a beer mat that we uh, designed as well for the project and similarly you know if you have got a bit extra cash uh, you just sold your shares on Twitter or whatever whatever it might be uh, hopefully you sold them uh, a few uh, a couple of months ago and not not more recently but you know if you do have a little bit of cash knocking around and you want to support the project, you, there's no mac, there's no maximum pledge. So you can uh, pledge more if you want uh, and help this book uh, become a reality. It really is a dream for us to get this out. And certainly for me as a photographer, to be working with Cara Verlag is, is also a dream. I mean, there's some fantastic, fantastic photographic talent has come through uh, their publishing uh, and, and as part of their catalogue. And I was just so, so delighted and so thrilled uh, to be able to, to to partner with them, and so you know, I mean, it's hard to know what to say, James. I mean, I, when I first happen out speeches, it's hard not to get. It's hard. It's a strange feeling because you're you're excited, but you're also a little bit nervous, and you want to, We 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 obviously want it all to work out. And um, hmm. it's probably worth mentioning as well. Part of that tour presumably will include you falling asleep at the end and, and abandoning the people that come on it. Um, well, just to you find know, their own way l- home. Is that l- part of the...
1: L- like we said, um, you want the full Tokyo Jazz Joints experience. So that's a, that's going to be included. And I, I, I wouldn't want to disappoint anyone. Uh, I'm actually thinking to make my own donation to the page. What is this about the Tokyo Jazz Joints beer mats? And why do I not have one of these? I'm, uh, I'm sure you've got bit, one little, of those, little haven't you? Yeah? A bit of a mystery there. No, that seems to I'm fall dare. through Oops. the cracks. So yeah, I'm going to have to... Secret uh, merchandising definitely have to rectify that, but um, no, well listen, we, we've got as you mentioned, we've got 35 days um, all of this information that you've just explained, Philip, will be very clearly laid out on the Kickstarter page, so Absolutely. as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, you can go over there, you can read it in detail you can choose what kind of level of support you'd like to give us um, and like we said, you know we, we, we're we so happy um, that everybody has followed us on this journey this this far, um this isn't the final step, it's a major step and it's one we're looking forward to. Um but we're definitely going to keep continuing uh, to visit more joints once you get back to Japan, Philip. That's that's right. I mean, we're not sure of dates yet, but we're we're looking at some
0: time in 2023 for you to get over here, right? Definitely. And I think also when we make this book a reality, what we'll be, we'll be looking at is doing a few launch events and ideally Uh, different places Uh, certainly rhinoceros I know chatting with them they were interested in maybe doing something um, possibly here in Belfast and, of course, as well then in Japan. Um, and Maybe we can coordinate those two things, James. But in terms of, you know, that that's, that's, that's further down the line. What we want to do is get this funding goal across uh, the line first, and then um, we can look at all these other different things. And in terms of how you do that, well, it's very simple. You go to Kickstarter and you search for Tokyo Jazz Joints. Um, if you want to find us through social media, you can just go to uh our instagram account uh twitter uh, and indeed facebook and the link will be on there and instagram it'll be in the bio and also if you go to tokyo jazz joints.com there'll be a tab there for book uh, you just click on that we'll take you straight to the kickstarter page there's no excuse don't want to hear anybody texting me to go oh couldn't find it i had a look for it didn't know where it was it's there it's easy to find uh and um yeah we we um we really hope that you'll you'll get on board on this on this uh, adventure with us it's so exciting it's so nerve-wracking but we just can't wait to see that book uh, and we can't wait uh, to start you know uh, sending that out to all the people that buy it
1: to spread it around you know to to all of our listeners around the world i I know that we've got people listening um in many different countries um, including here in japan and so if you are one of i know we don't have many japanese listeners but we do have some um some of the people who listen to my own music podcast told me they they try to um Fight their way through your Irish brogue, uh, Philip, but um, all of the all of the the PR and uh, social media stuff will also be out there in Japanese. I'll be I'll be taking care of that as well. You'll find that on my own personal Twitter and Instagram and Facebook pages. Um, my Tokyo uh, Jazz where I've got all the Kisa profiles and my podcast. So, th- like you said, there's there's no excuse. Um, it's going to be everywhere. I know that uh, Philip, you'll probably be bombarding us with even more Instagram stories than usual uh, over the next thirty five days. So, um, yeah, I think that we are. Um, I'm feeling very positive. I think we're going to make it very easily. And the book is going to be gorgeous. Um, and uh, I might even tease. I mean, I've, I've seen a, a little bit of a sample uh, test cover. And uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this after Sunday when we've gone online, that should already be out there. But, uh, Philip, do you want to just uh, wrap things up by telling our listeners about the cover of yeah. our beautiful book?
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, you, you'll see the cover on the Kickstarter page. You know, things can change, but certainly this is what it will look like. Um, and uh, it's it's actually, we chose an image from Pythocanthropus erectus, which is the first, as you'll know, if you listen to the podcast, the first place that we, we went to photograph together uh, and where the project began. It seemed an appropriate uh, photo to include. Um, and so, yeah, you can see that. Uh, On the Kickstarter page. You'll be seeing a lot more of it on social media and all the channels that we have. And also, what we'd ask as well is if it's something that you like, you know, because obviously it is a photo book first and foremost, but, you know, it's uh, really for anyone who's into nostalgia, anyone who's into Japan, jazz, records, vinyl, travel, music in general. And I think, you know, it has a really wide appeal. So, you know, if you do donate and you do support the project, don't stop there, but, you know, share it on with, with friends, with family, anyone you think might be interested. And we all know the power of, you know, tagging something or forwarding something on social media. And so if you do have those channels and you do have those additional audiences or you know anyone uh, who's got a big wallet that just doesn't fit in their pocket anymore and they want to to lighten it ever so slightly, please put us in touch with them as well uh, and help us make this a reality. And so, James, by the next time we speak the uh, kickstarter campaign will be launched it will be live uh, and either my nails will be bitten down to the knuckles or uh, i'll be um you know just looking at them and um sort of blowing on them gently the way that people the way the way that people do in films when they're pleased with themselves i hope it's the latter uh, but we do appreciate your support we don't take it for granted uh, and we just can't wait to to share this with you Uh, And expect regular updates over the holiday season. And uh, fingers crossed, um, we'll not still be talking about in January. Fingers crossed in January, we'll be already talking about what photographs go in there, about the text that's going to be in there. And we'll be gathering that list of people's names that are going to be printed as a thank you in the book as well. So, James, we will talk Via different channels between now and then, but um, certainly, certainly good. will, and
1: uh, I hope to be uh, a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit less under the weather. Uh, but um, it is so exciting; it's going to be a great twenty twenty three, and um, yeah, thank you to everyone out there listening um, we are so happy to announce this new project and um, it's gonna be a blast so Philip I will catch up with you very soon stay safe there in
0: freezing Ireland you too and look after yourself talk soon we'll we'll do bye-bye